message I've entitled, Make Yourself Useful. Make Yourself Useful. Um, I can remember growing up, my dad has always disapproved of anyone standing around watching other people work. You know, it's it's just one of those things, and and I, I don't want to call anybody out or, or be negative in any way, but, you know, have you ever been tied up in traffic, and, and it's a construction site, and when you finally get to where the construction is happening, that uh, you see one or two people really working and about six or eight or ten just standing around doing nothing, Right? It's, it's, it's frustrating. You just wonder, what in the world is, is going on? Why are there only a few people working and so many people just standing around? I have heard my dad say many, many, many times in my life. That's not an indictment on me, okay? But, but find a way to make yourself useful. Can't, can't tell you how many times we've been engaged in some work, activity, something going on, and my dad would turn and say, find a way to make yourself useful. Do something, he would say. He would say, don't just stand there. Do something, even if it's wrong. Ever heard that before? Just do something, though. Don't stand there idle. Make yourself useful. And uh, he, uh, he always felt it was our responsibility to, to find out what needed to be done and then to find a way to get it done. And that was just his outlook on life. And that was something that he communicated to us. You know, I, I've, I share, I've shared with you before, I'm the youngest of four boys. So you can imagine what that was like for him trying to, to herd four boys to get some work done uh, uh, around the house or, or whatever might need to be done. And, and the idea of do something even if it's wrong. Find out what needs to be done, and then find a way to do it. Well, I believe our Lord has a similar perspective on the Christians and the Christian way of life. He wants us to find ways to be busy serving Him. He wants us to find ways to be involved in serving Him. And and He wants us to do things that have purpose and meaning and something that brings value to our lives and the lives of others, not just busy work. You remember a story, and we'll get to Philippians in just a moment. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus is on a journey, and he is sharing and teaching and sharing the message of the kingdom. And he enters a village, and in the village there are a couple of sisters, Mary and Martha. Remember the story of those two sisters? They invite Jesus and his followers into their home, and Jesus is sitting, and he's teaching, and he's sharing with them. And, um, and as he's doing so, Martha, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 40, Martha comes to Jesus, and she says, Jesus, do you see all of this work that I'm doing? And my sister have left me to take care of all of this. Do you not care? Would you tell her to help me? Is basically what she was communicating. And, and Jesus looks at her and he says this. He says, Martha, Martha, there are many things 
that are important. But, but there's just a few, <coughs> excuse me, many things that need to be done. There's only a few that are important, really only one that really matters. And he said, Mary has chosen the better part, the better way. Well, what was he saying? He was saying, I don't want you just to be busy for busy's sake. I, I don't want you just to, to say, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm going here and I'm going there. And just to be busy for the cause of the kingdom. He says, I want what you're doing in the kingdom to matter. I want what you're doing in the kingdom to have an impact when you're serving, when you're involved in being useful and doing something. Don't just get involved in busy work, but do things that are useful to the kingdom of God. Now, in Philippians chapter 2, <coughs> Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And uh, beginning at reading together in verse 19, listen to what he says. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. Okay? So Paul has received a letter. He received that letter by delivery from Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus was a leader in the church at Philippi. And the church at Philippi has, has written a letter, and they sent it with Epaphroditus to deliver it to Paul. Paul has received Epaphroditus, he's received the letter, and now he in turn is writing a letter back to them in response to the letter they sent him. And in this letter he writes and says, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. So he wanted to hear how things were going with the church. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I myself also shall be coming shortly. So I'm going to send Timothy. And then I'm going to come as quickly as I can. But I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier. Who is also your messenger and minister to my need. Because he was longing for you. You all, and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick to the point of death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I have sent him all, all the more eagerly, in order that when you see him again, you may rejoice and may be less concerned, uh, and, and I may be less concerned about you. Therefore, receive him in the Lord with all joy and, and hold men like him in high regard because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in your service to me. So Paul is writing this letter, and he's talking to them about what's going on. He's talking to them about coming, sending Timothy, sending Epaphroditus with the letter that he's now writing 
sending Epaphroditus on, then sending Timothy, then coming himself, and on and on he goes. But in the midst of this communication, he talks about being useful. And he talks about it in some, some pretty clear terms for us to understand. The first thing that I want us to see is that God uses people who serve others. God uses people who will serve others. If you look, Timothy and Epaphroditus both were people who, who gave their hearts and their lives to serve others. They served the, uh, the Philippian church. And Timothy provided sincere care and concern for their welfare. See, he was concerned about somebody else. And notice that Paul points this out. He says, I don't have anybody else that has a kindred spirit to me. But he will have genuine concern for you and your welfare. He, he will be about serving you and meeting needs for you and making sure that you are okay. He goes on in the next verse and says what? He says, listen, everybody else is just interested in themselves. If I send anybody else, he said, they're not going to come and be concerned about you. They're not going to be worried about your needs and serving you and, and, and helping you in your situation. He said, they're going to be concerned about themselves. And so he says, I want to send Timothy because Timothy has a, a genuine, real heart to serve others. And when he comes, he's going to be genuinely concerned about your needs and about your situation, your circumstances, and what he can do to help. So, so in other words, he's not just going to stand around. He's going to do something. He's going to get involved and find some way that he can help you. He, he talks about Epaphroditus. And he talks about the fact that he was willing to serve others. First, in the fact that Epaphroditus left his home, left his home church, left the people there to deliver the letter to Paul. And then when he came to deliver the letter to Paul, he also continued to stay with him and to serve him. I want you to notice two terms that he uses in regards to that. And, and, and that brings us to the second thing I want to see this morning is that God uses people who serve consistently. Not only does He use people who serve others, but He uses people who will serve consistently. He talks about Timothy and He says this, He has helped me to further the gospel. He has served with me like a son with his father. He said there's a special relationship of commitment a special relationship of consistency, of being there like a son with his father. The idea is that hired hands or volunteers or other people, listen, they may come and help, but at any moment they can choose to leave. But when it's your son, he's stuck, right? I mean, he just can't go anywhere else. He's there to help dad. And so he's there always. He's consistent. He's, he's faithful. Uh, he's loyal. Those types of terms are, are what Paul's talking about when he talks about uh, Timothy. He, he said, he has served with me like a son with his father. And that he has been faithful, consistent, always there helping me in the process. We're going to talk about in a moment ago what it took for Timothy to serve. But the idea is of how Paul describes him. That he is willing, he has a genuine heart for others. That he wants to serve and help other people. And he has served and helped me. And he said he's been consistent in that. Like a, a child with his father. He talks about Epaphroditus and he defines him in these terms. He says that he is a brother 
He's a fellow worker. He's a fellow soldier. Three terms that he uses to define Epaphroditus, which would indicate his consistency. He is a brother. In other words, he hangs in there like family. He's consistent. He's devoted. There's loyalty and longevity and steadfastness in his service. Like a fellow worker that we're working together. It's not like he came as, as a hireling or he came as, as somebody under me, but a fellow worker working together shoulder to shoulder, side by side to accomplish the task that is before us. Consistently being faithful is the idea here. And then like a fellow soldier. Nothing like the definition of a soldier serving together. You hear people talk about, you know, who would you want in a foxhole with you or who would you want to go into battle with you? Somebody that what? Somebody that you believe in, you know believes in you. Somebody that's consistent, that has your back. That you know when, when the chips are down and if you face the difficulty, they're not going to turn and run. That you can always depend on them and count on them. Those are the ideas of a soldier. And he says he's a fellow soldier. That he has devotion. That there's loyalty and longevity and there's steadfastness. Service over time and time and time again. And, and he talks about these two servants. And the idea that they are willing to serve other people. That they're willing to, to be concerned about the needs of others. And doing what they can to meet the needs of others. And not thinking just about themselves. He talks about these two servants as, as they're a, a father to a child. As a brother as a fellow worker, as a fellow soldier, consistently working together to accomplish the task of sharing the message of Christ with the world. And he says, they've been faithful in helping me. They've been faithful in serving. Uh, they've, they've been useful. Listen, <clears throat> anybody, nearly anybody, can, can really serve for a day. Maybe for a couple of days. Maybe there's somebody that, that there's this one event every year, some annual event, and man, they get in there and they work like crazy. They're more committed to that than anything you could imagine, and they're so faithful. But the rest of the year, where are they? The rest of the year, where do you find them, and what are they involved with, and what are they doing for the kingdom of God? See, he's talking about consistency. Always being there, always having their back, always being loyal, always being faithful. And the idea is there's a lot of people who can serve for a day or two or three. A lot of people who can serve for on occasion. You know, hey, here's the big event, the big thing, and we're going to really get involved and make this a great thing. And then they shrink back and, and they fade back and you don't see them again. He's talking about consistency. He's talking about serving others. Genuinely caring about the needs of others. And he's talking about doing it on and on and on, over and over and over, being faithful, being loyal, being committed. So, someone who, who is in it for the long haul. Who can really, God can really use to make a difference in the lives of other people and the community and the world at large. And so he's talking about this idea of service. And he's talking about what it takes to be a real servant in the family of God. And he's talking about the idea that, that this is just isn't a flash in the pan and that it's gone. He's talking about people who are committed long term. People who are faithful servants over and over and over in the big events and the little events. 
in, in giant ways and small ways. That they're always there. They're always caring about others and their needs, wanting to serve them, wanting to help them. And they're always, always consistently there. Brings the third and final thing, and I think probably one of the most important because it affects the other two drastically. And that is that God uses people who serve sacrificially. People who serve sacrificially. We go to the book of Acts and we find there that, that Paul calls Timothy. God calls Timothy through Paul for Timothy to be a servant. And when he calls him to serve and to follow him, to go with him, to share the gospel, the message of the gospel with the lost world, Timothy is willing to, to leave his family. He's willing to, to leave his home. He's li- willing to leave all of that is familiar to him to follow Paul. It's a sacrifice. But the sacrifice goes deeper than that because his father was a Greek. And because his father was a Greek, there were a lot of Jewish people that they were sharing the message with, teaching and interacting with, who would not accept Timothy because of his father's Greek heritage and background. And so Paul takes Timothy as a young adult, and he circumcises him. And he's willing to go through that act and through that experience in order to be a more accepted servant in the family of God and to the Jewish people. That's a sacrifice. That's somebody that's willing to say, I'll do whatever it takes. He just didn't say, hey, I'll get up and follow Paul. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to leave my family. I'm going to leave my home. I'm going to leave everything familiar to me. I'm going to follow Paul. But there was more to that following of him. There was more to that sacrifice that Timothy was willing to do in order to be an effective servant because he wanted to help other people. He wanted to serve other people. He wanted to be in it for the long haul, not just for the short time. And he was willing to make that sacrifice. Then Paul talks about Epaphroditus as we come to the end of our passage today. And he says this. He says, listen, he was eager to come see you. He longed to see you because he was concerned about what you were thinking about him because you'd heard he was sick. So he he was saying, listen, he doesn't want you to be worried. He doesn't want you to be stressed because you've received word that he's sick. And then he says this, indeed, he was sick. In fact, he was really sick. He was sick to the point of death. And Paul goes on at the end of that passage and he says... He almost gave his life to serve in the kingdom. But God had mercy on him. God restored his life. God restored his health. And God continued to use him. Talking about sacrifice. Now there's a lot of speculation about what this sickness was. A lot of speculation about what happened. Some some say, well, he, he was just exhausted and wore out from serving. That's the kind of servant he was could be but the idea is simply this even in his illness he wasn't ready to give up even in his illness he was willing to sacrifice his health and his well-being and and everything of himself in order to continue to serve in the family of god and so epaphroditus served sacrificially first we go back to where this all began. He, he was a leader in the church at Philippi. They wrote a letter to Paul, and he sacrificed of himself to leave his family, his home, his church, that which was familiar to him, and take the letter to Paul. That was a sacrifice. 
Then when he reached Paul, he stayed there faithfully, leaving all of that behind, and continued to help Paul in his service. Then he became ill. And in his illness, almost to the point of death, Epaphroditus continued faithfully to serve in the family and the kingdom of God. So Paul writes to the church at Philippi. And he says, listen, make yourself useful to the kingdom of God. Don't get involved and distracted in these frivolous things that really don't matter. Don't, Don't mount up to very much at all. He says, really get involved, be committed in serving others, helping meet the need of other people, making sure that don't be selfish, don't be self-centered, making sure that others are okay, making sure that others' needs are met, making sure that you're taking care and serving other people. He said, and I want you to do that consistently. I want people to see that over and over and over again in your life. I I want you to help people today and tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and all the way down the road. I don't want it to be just a flash in the pan. Man, I'm here today and then gone tomorrow. He said, I want you to be faithful and consistent in your service. And finally, he says, I want you to serve sacrificially. I, I want your service to cost you something. I don't want it to be, well, I'll serve if it's convenient. I'll serve if if I don't have something else going on. I'll I'll serve if I'm not committed here or committed there or too busy with this or too busy with that. He said, I want your service to be a, a service of sacrifice. Being willing to give up things in your life in order to serve in the kingdom of God. I don't know this morning where he's called you to serve. I don't know what area of ministry or service or involvement that he's called you to, but I believe he's called you. I believe he's called every one of us. As Christians and believers who've accepted the gift of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness, he's called us to be servants in his family. He's called us to serve others. He's called us to serve consistently. And he's called us to serve sacrificially. And so here's a question I have for you this morning How's your service? How are you serving in the family of God? How are you serving in the kingdom of God? Well, well, listen, my health just doesn't allow me to tell that to Epaphroditus. Almost to the point of death, and yet he still was faithful to serve. Well, well, listen, I've got... No, 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 no. How are we serving? Are we serving others? Do we really desire to meet the needs of others? Or are we selfish and self-centered? Are we serving consistently? Are you faithfully, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, serving in the family of God? hear people say things like this. Well, I did my time. I mean, I taught that Sunday school class for 20 years. You know, I've served. I've done. I worked on this committee and I worked on that committee. He never says there, there's a, an expiration date on serving in the family of God. Are we consistently continuing to serve faithfully? Are we using our, our past service and our past involvement and, and our past activities as, as a crutch to say, I've done mine. Now it's time for somebody else. Are we still consistently willing to step up and be faithful, consistent services, servers in the kingdom of God? And 
finally, let me ask you this. What have you sacrificed in order to serve? What have you given up? What have you surrendered? What have you let go of in order to be a servant in the kingdom of God? What kind of servants are we? Are we making ourselves useful to the family of God and to the kingdom of God? Well, this morning we're going to offer an invitation here.